Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, it's Gary. And me, I'm available for all your uh, virtual Zoom Santa Claus needs. Just let me know and I will uh, say hi to your children and tell them they have presents and socially distancely give them them to them for a low, low fee of whatever you'll pay me. Jason Smith. <laughs> We're the Stuck at Home. We're the show that, uh, you know, watches shows and uh, loves them and wants to tell you all about them. Yep. We'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, where to stream it, and uh, welcome. New episode. What's up, buddy? Nothing. What do you? It, it, is there anything you're watching right now? Well, you know, <clears throat> the holidays are upon us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like here, basically. It's like cold. It's dark early. It's you know, hey, Nancy's booking you for Santa. You already got your first job. Awesome. So you don't need Man. to pod. I mean, look at this. Cha ching. <laughs> does, does it mean I'm double booking? Like, am I am I technically moonlighting and cheating if I'm autom- If I have a, I'm 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 going out and soliciting for jobs from this job. No, no, no! I'm all for it. All right, cool, good. I'm I just want to make sure I was conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I've been, um, I've been openly taking solicitations for sexual favors for you, <laughs> since we started. Have you not known the codes? Oh, perfect, oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, I, we've been I, doing I, secret I, codes I want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no one will pay me, but I keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right the holidays on, are here, so so you, you're starting to get this feeling now, like you know, is it's cold, is this and that? But but the the stuff's coming out. At least whatever's going to come out, you know, whatever they had planned, like the first thing dropped already, the Crown the final season, like oh, the yeah. prestige on this thing is is just too stuffy for my whole house, which is fantastic. <laughs> I love this show. So yeah, I started watching that ten hours That's of so the Crown with late, with uh, Princess Di. Right on. Well, I have been getting into um, some more Christmassy, Christmassy movies and video games. You know, the new Spider-Man is based around Christmas. No, I didn't so know that. A little, yeah, so I've been doing a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, getting in, got the Die Hard ready, playing all that stuff. And you know what? I was thinking about it like, you're like, well, it's so early. We talk about the- Thanksgiving's next Thursday. Like, Christmas is here. Yeah, Everything's moving so fast. Time and space don't move at the same speed. If we had started back in July, I'd be like, it seems early, but it wouldn't be because I don't understand time and space anymore. Yeah, time's a crepe. <laughs> yeah, time's not a straight line. I don't know whoever came up with that idea. It's linear. We just think it's linear, so it's linear. It's like we think money is money, and we think, you know, uh, uh, TV's a TV. But when you close your eyes, nothing's there, man. It's all oh. possibility waves. Well, that's <laughs> no. physics. Oh, no. Merry Christmas to you too, Cliff. <laughs> that's physics, man. I'm all just right. saying that's not, that's not craziness. But listen, this is what we're talking about. This is what happens around the holidays. It's already over, by the way. It's like 2021 now. <laughs> uh, that's uh, uh, what did, that's the um, Watchmen character, um, Doctor Manhattan. I, now you're talking like him. Like everything's happening at once. We're just all experiencing life in different well, yeah. portions of the same he timeline. Did, yeah, Doctor Manhattan didn't get it from nowhere. It came from physicists. <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I know. Listen, don't I didn't get mad because I understand physics. I didn't mean to start you up, you crazy monster. Uh, um, crazy, sure. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt. I, I openly fly my craze flag. No, that, no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of really fun stuff coming out right now. You know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about all that stuff. Yes. Uh, I've seen some really great um, Christmas ornaments. People are really busy. There, uh, I, I saw a picture on the internet today where somebody who actually made little Kevin McAllister and little Joe Pesci's uh, and dec- <laughs> added them to their house so That's they can funny. have like a Home Alone themed Christmas. Um, you know, 
it's going to be fun. Um, as well as fun as we can make it. Because yeah. And one of the things is, I have some family I really don't want to see. None of the ones that are listening to this show right now, I want to see you. But it's I have to maybe you. have some family I'm not really interested in seeing this year. I was like, I'm, I don't need an excuse. I could just say social distance. I'm I'm protecting you. It's because I love you so much that I'm not seeing you. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, what do you want? COVID. <laughs> exactly. Everything's like, oh, COVID. It's like the Alfred E. Newman guy, you know, yeah. from Mad. Instead yeah. of, you know, uh, what me worry, it's what? COVID. COVID. Exactly. I really am excited about our guest today. And, yep. and this is why. And he's here to talk to us about all the holiday stuff that's coming out, right? So this is this guy. So we've had some Jacqueline Foley from Rotten Tomatoes on. But now we have gotten, we have leveled up, as they say in the video game world. And we are now fortunate enough to have the actual editor-in-chief, which I actually, I don't, you know, is it a level up? I mean, I think they're all awesome. I love Jacqueline. I really do. But I'm really I love excited Jacqueline. to talk to you. And yep. I love this guy. I've only met him for like a minute before we did this. I already love this guy. And you know he's got a, a plethora of information. Uh, to tell us about you, we just bring Well, you know, I would use cornucopia for the holidays, but yes, let's do it. No, I was doing the three amigos. I know, but cornucopia that, makes sense for Thanksgiving. No plethora. Uh, oh, it came out right. during Thanksgiving. All right, I'll, I'll give but it. But a cornucopia does it. make sense for Thanksgiving. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I, I can't argue that. Okay, so without any further ado, let's get him into our nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. The editor in chief of Rotten Tomatoes, Joel Mears. Oh, hey. get applause and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joel. We don't mess around. Welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me. Jacqueline is amazing. This is a yes. level down. I don't want to put people off. Uh, yeah, she's I incredible. I have to live up to Jacqueline is, what, uh, is the problem. By the way, I feel, I, listen, I felt the same way when she was on the show that I was like stepping it up to get up to her level. Yeah, so Every but, day at work. Well, not, not these days, but you know, usually. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing working from home? Uh, not too bad. If the internet cuts out, that'll tell you how I'm doing. There's a few little connection issues and Zoom calls <laughs> and stuff, but I'm doing fine. You know, I sit around and watch movies all day. So it's kind of the perfect conditions in some ways. Yeah. It's not like it changed your job all that much. No, definitely not. Just doing it in a different location. <laughs> right. A more comfortable one, albeit. Yeah, I guess so. I do miss the free popcorn that used to come with the screenings. Uh, I've got to make my own popcorn these days. But aside from that, it's it's been doing, it's been okay. I miss people. You know, I yeah. think that uh, movie and TV people sometimes get a reputation as uh, loners and inside dwellers. But I do miss human contact. I'll admit that. But uh, we're about to get a little bit of the holidays, though not too much, people. We must be responsible. We must be responsible. And just, mm. you know, listen, I don't care about politics. Just wear a mask. I just want to be done with this. I want to go out. And yeah. just hang out with people. And there are so many good masks. That's my thing. There's like really cool, inventive masks, movie masks. Uh, yes. I'm sure there's some great holiday-themed masks. Have they sure. sent you anything over at Rotten Tomatoes from the films? Are they doing that as a promotion? They do send me stuff. Um, it doesn't sway my opinion on anything. Uh, no, they, I just meant they, masks. <laughs> no masks. But you were speaking about Kevin McAllister, and I'm like, I can't yeah. believe no one has done the mask yet with this. This is like, we should, we should patent this. Yes, uh, we might we might owe some rights to uh, Buena Vista or whoever released that film, but uh, <laughs> no, just get another kid to move the hands. It's like a it's like a three inch there, an inch rule or something. One inch this way, going like oh. Yeah, I'm like, and can you good. trademark that sort of action? I don't know. You can't. Uh, we, um, yeah, Let's find yeah. out, Joel. Let's find out. You yeah, and I, you and me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference between the American and the Brit. You and I, and I'm like you and me. Uh, I'm Australian. I've just got a fancy accent. <laughs> Listen, you're all more fancy than me. What's I was just saying, you, you can say that if they ask you, it's from the Scream, that old painting, oh, right? The Edward Munch thing, yeah. The Edward Munch, and that's that's got to be passed, way past any copyright issues. You're fine there. Well, yeah. surely, the because the Scream, the ghost face mask is based on that, right? So we could, you know, it's, uh, okay. We're already millionaires. <laughs> 
See are. what happens when you come unstuck at home. So, <laughs> so Joel, first of all, I'm very jealous of your job. Uh, did you do that with screenings? Like you had a screening room where everybody would go watch the movies? Oh, no, no, no. Um, okay. We didn't have a screening room. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Rotten Tomatoes is a fabulous, wonderful place, but it's a bit rickety. We get invited to screenings. So we would go to, you know, a studio will invite you to a screening. Um, I forgot about those things. Yeah, remember those things? Yeah. You sign in and the really <laughs> fancy ones, like Disney will give you a bottle of water and a bit of popcorn. Um, <laughs> and the others might give you a, a Diet Coke or something. And then you go in and sit there with a bunch of other critics. And I'm not personally a critic. I just edit the site. But, um, and you watch the film and then gather in the lobby afterwards and decide the fate of, of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So, mm. so let's talk about what's happening in Rotten Tomatoes and what's coming out. So were we looking down the barrel now? Because it's not our regular holiday season. So are we going to get any relief? Do we have any really great stuff coming up? Why don't you give us a little rundown? Well, there is some, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Let's let's say that, and you know, uh, I think I think what I was thinking about this and what's on offer this year, and I think this is the year that Netflix has been creeping up to being the sort of master of Christmas, and this year is the year that they sort of just completely own Christmas, no matter who you are. So if you're looking for a blockbuster, they've got the Christmas Chronicles too, and I'm not sure if you liked the Christmas Chronicles one or saw the Christmas Chronicles. I, I didn't. One. Can you tell me what this is? Because maybe I'll watch it. Okay, so this is with Kurt Russell um, as Santa Claus, and he went on an adventure to save Christmas in 2018. It was one of Netflix's biggest original films, although we never know because they don't give us stats, they just tell us. Uh, so we biggest. assume. It's the biggest. biggest. Yeah. There we go. The Christmas Chronicles. And the Christmas Chronicles <laughs> 2, uh, at the end of the Christmas Chronicles 1, we were teased with the appearance, a cameo appearance of Goldie Horn, Kurt's real life, uh, real life wife, as Mrs. Claus. And now they're back in a sequel, big budget, sort of together? big adventure hijinks together as Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Oh. So she has a full role in this one. Um, oh, now I'm watching for sure. It's Goldie Hawn. I mean, I'll, I, any, they're together. I'm in. They're together. And they, they have such great chemistry. Um, I haven't actually seen this film, but it looks really, really promising. Reviews will be out uh, in a few days, I think. And then it's released towards the end of November, just in time for Thanksgiving. So there's, Gold, I mean, just seeing Goldie Hawn on screen. Like we I'm thrilled. don't see Goldie Hawn on screen these days. And I it makes my heart woman. warm. Yeah, it makes my yeah. heart warm. And she they looks made, amazing. They, by they the made way. her dress like Cindy Lou Who. Yes. <laughs> That's that is a, that is well observed, and uh, the kids love this movie. Obviously, one other thing about this movie is so Christopher Columbus, who made Home Alone, so he's got some talent in the Christmas movie. This department. is Chris Columbus. He's directing. He actually produced the first one as well, but he stepped in to direct this one. So, you know, you've got a you've got some pedigree there. Um, they've also released uh, Jingle Jangle: A Christmas Journey at Netflix, which is another huge budget. Christmas, uh, this one's a Christmas musical with a cast that includes Keegan-Michael Key, Forrest Whitaker, Felicia Rashad, Ricky Martin, uh, Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey. I figure if you're a Crown fan, maybe you're a Downton Abbey fan. Um, and it's yeah, I, I, this one is available now, and it's it's pretty spectacular actually. It's got great dance numbers, great music, very high score on the tomato meter. It's ninety four percent certified fresh, um, and it's wow. the kind of Christmas movie you don't really see because it has a really diverse cast in the kind of movie that you know twenty years ago would have been completely white actors. So I think it's a real sort of step forward as well as just an extraordinarily entertaining film. Um, so this is Netflix just owning it because they've also got like. I don't, I don't, not necessarily my cup of tea, mm-hmm. um, but they've got those lifetime hallmark style movies uh, coming out the sort of conveyor belt, right? Mm-hmm. They are releasing them. The other thing I'll, before I get off Netflix is um, they've got a really good series, a Christmas series called Dash and Lily. I'm not sure if you've, uh, you've pressed play. 
Yeah, we talked about it on the show for a bit, actually. Oh, we had a, wow. a Jason's daughter on, who's 16, and then we had Gene uh, Bentley from The Hollywood Reporter on, wow. kind of doing the crosstalk on it. Ooh, fantastic. Love this show. I identify with 16-year-old girls everywhere, apparently, and <laughs> it's uh, it's super fun. But they've got you covered for everything. It's actually, they've even got reality. It's it, There's a lot. Um, hey, hey, I'm just going to interrupt. Hmm. Didn't the Strand Books, is it out of business now? I'm not sure. I heard it was going out of business. You're in New York. That would be tragic. I am in New York. I'm I'm uh, I'm way up a west side, um, away from all the cool kids in Union Square and around Strand. Uh, <laughs> but I love the Strand, and I love Dash. If you've been to New York, Dash and Lily is wonderful because it gives you the sense of New York before the pandemic, and also yes. has one of my favorite pizza places. Is it plays a central figure? Two Boots Pizza. So shout out Two Boots. Two boots, yeah. All right, all right. They've I'm got coming. some good pizza named after celebrities. All right, next <laughs> time I'm York. in New York, I'm coming. That's where I'm from. So next time I'm back, I'm going to Two Boots. Thank you. Oh Jim. yeah, yeah. Good recommendation. I may have terrible taste. In yeah, you may. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know not on film, so I figure I'll trust your food, and we'll go from there. So all right, so Netflix has got it pretty much covered right up until the end of December, right? We're 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 locked in. Yeah, you could probably just sit there and gorge Netflix. Depending, you know, the whole family, as I said, like if I've got a mother-in-law who's obsessed with Hallmark and Lifetime movies, mm-hmm. and she's covered here uh, as well. Um, there's the Christmas Switch 2, uh, which is called Switched Again. So if you're up for a switcheroo Lifetime uh, common girl becomes royal adventure with Vanessa Hudgens, uh, yeah, Netflix has you covered. That's where but Vanessa think, Hudgens is at now? Yeah. Vanessa- that COVID, is it real? Is it? And now she's doing uh, this. I'm not going to touch that one. I think <laughs> it's okay. I touched it. Fine. I did it for both of us. John. My apolitical messages wear a mask. Um, <laughs> I love you. Go on. Um, Disney, though, uh, you know, I think uh, Vanessa Hudgens may have got her start uh, yes. with a Disney uh, Disney film, which was a little. I was a little old to get the High School Musical uh, sort of phenomenon. Um, but Disney Plus obviously launched in November last year, and this year is gear, gearing up its Christmas offering. So it has a movie called Godmothered, um, has been quietly publicizing this film. It hasn't really been doing a lot of publicity, but expect a trailer soon. It's coming out in early uh, December. It's got Gillian Bell, who some may remember from a movie called Britney Runs a Marathon. I don't know if yep. you saw that. Great no, film. I know exactly who she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's right. also workahol- is she workaholics? Workaholics, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She's Love. also was um, in, uh, um, she was the bad guy, um, spoiler alert, in 22 Jump Street. 22 Jump Street. 22 Jump Street. And she's a writer also. She's really talented. She's She's so talented. She's so funny. And she's paired with Isla Fisher, um, (laughs) who you may remember. I love Isla Fisher. And in Wedding Crashes, she just stole that entire film. I mean, her and Sasha Baron Cohen together, how do you go to dinner with them? Who's winning that conversation? Isla Fisher uh, plays the first lady in Bobo Supreme, uh, uh, a podcast from uh, Starburns Audio starring and written by Tim Robbins and co-starring Isla Fisher. It was just a shameless pug drill. You just got thrown in on that. <laughs> I was like, ooh, where's this coming from? Yeah, yeah. But Isla Fisher got her start in, um, in a, Isla Fisher is Australian, and she got mm-hmm. her start in Home and Away. So shout out to anyone who's familiar with the Australian sitcom, uh, Soapy Land. Uh, she was great in Home and Away. Yeah, I'm um, but familiar this movie, with it. Actually. Oh, you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Neighbors? Yeah. Um, no, Neighbors, I know. But, but Home and Away, I knew from mm-hmm. different Australians who turned me on to it. Yeah, uh, and then you probably quickly got turned off, but it's, it's got yep. its charms. Um, <laughs> but uh, Godmothered on Disney Plus is, if you like Enchanted, it's 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 that vibe. It's basically about a fairy godmother in training who goes to Boston to try and save this girl who wrote her a letter when she was a kid, but doesn't realize that she's grown up and is now working as a producer in television and now it's nothing to do with a fairy godmother. She's well, already got kids herself. It's kind of Scrooge. It's, it's, yeah. um, 
It's it's really beautiful. Um, this actually, looks great. Yeah, this is not it. This is Cinderella. No, yeah, this isn't great. <laughs> no, this is. Uh, wait, what the hell is this? Oh, this is Jillian Bell. This is Jillian Bell. Uh, yeah, I think you've got a great compilation of uh, the actors who are in it because they don't have a trailer yet. But watch God Godmother. I, I, one of the that's pretty funny. I was just looking for something and it had pictures and it's like, nope, that's not it. But those are the people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's <laughs> Isla Fisher. That's whatever. That's Isla Fisher, and that's that's it. okay. Fine. <laughs> I'm giving you the early scoop on this one. This one has not even been publicized. Um, but it has been announced. Um, and then Disney Plus also for fans of, you know, Disney owns a few franchises, you might mm. be aware. They own a few IP. Um, <laughs> leaning into that, they've, uh, they're going to be releasing the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which you may have seen um, a trailer for. Yeah, I have. Um, and that's the reviews just came out today. They're pretty good. I personally haven't seen it, but it's in the 70 percentile. And I think if you mm. love the throwbacks, the callbacks to the various Star Wars universe mixed in with some Lego sort of inside jokes, uh, you probably enjoy that one. Yeah, that's um, got Jason written all over it. Yes, for sure. Um, you don't. Know and then me. you don't know uh, me at all. Dude. I don't. Well, I'll tell you something. If you yes. want to know me, yeah, please. This 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 will tell you that the thing that I'm most excited about yes. uh, in the world. Tell which is on Apple TV Plus and was just announced today, uh, the Mariah Carey Christmas Spectacular or Special. <laughs> it's, it's landing on the service December 4. It's just, uh, she is the, if Netflix owns Christmas, they had to buy it from Mariah, right? She's just, she's had the rights to this holiday since, uh, since, Jesus, since Jesus grew up, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so expect, I've seen a Mariah Live Christmas Special at the Barclay, uh, not the Barclays, at the, uh, the Beacon Theatre twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're getting it I see. Yeah, you're, you're getting to know me here <laughs> yeah no no um, I like it Joel but if you're looking for country uh, mm -hmm. Hulu actually um, no actually HBO Max has a Carrie Underwood Christmas special as well so yeah I heard about that yeah they're doing it that way and the other film that's got me excited and I haven't watched it yet but I'm probably going to watch a screener tonight is um, The Happiest Season and this is a mm -hmm. lesbian love story between Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. And it's a sort of holiday set rom-com. And one love of the side that. characters is Dan Levy, uh, who obviously created and, and stars in uh, Schitt's Creek. I'm in. Yeah. So this one will be really, really fun. You got people's, one of people's sexiest men alive. One of people's, is he, was he one of them? I didn't see yeah, him. he was one of them. I thought yeah, rightly so. Of, he deserves it. One of us on this podcast. Today. <laughs> <laughs> no? It was between me and Dan. And... With the Levy's. <laughs> so one of us and Michael B. Jordan. Is that right? I, I did see that. Um, he deserves it too, by the way. Let me tell you, not much sexier than Michael B. or Dan. All right. So it's Dan. It's Kristen. This is a huge cast. This is a really, really big cast. And I think if I see uh, sort of Mary Steenburgen in anything and I see holidays, I'm like, that's very comforting to me. Yes. That's where that's where I want to be like uh, the day after Turkey Day, feeling all those effects and just sitting in the Lazy Boy, watching it unfold with the family or uh, after the football. They make us watch the football, I suppose. But <laughs> <laughs> make you watch the football. Yeah. American <laughs> traditions I don't understand. I don't, I don't either. I don't do it. All that now. <laughs> I'm going to watch a movie. That's it. All right. So we got this. But by the way, this this looks interesting. So this is Hulu. This is on Hulu. Yeah. So all of them are offering things this year. Mm -hmm. um, what about know, Amazon? Unique twist. So Amazon Prime, um, you're, the thing with Amazon Prime, no real big originals coming, but they do, uh, Amazon, Hulu, and HBO Max are really going to be doing a lot of effort in packaging old favorites. So if you're looking for your old favorites, that's where you sort of want to look. Netflix has the sort of lighter catalog when it comes to classics. That's why they lean so heavily into the new the newcomers. 
Um, although I will point out one, and maybe you've spoken about this, but that was a Netflix show movie from last year, which I rewatched again this week because I was feeling in the festive spirit. And I think it's one of those movies that's destined to be a classic um, a few years down the track. It's called Klaus, uh, the animated film. Um, it's sort of an alternate origin story for Santa Claus set in this kind of Norwegian-ish seeming town where there's uh, where it's really glum. And then this rich guy, this rich guy's son is forced to go there and run the post office and he encounters, and he's voiced by Jason Schwartzman, and he encounters this guy, uh, Klaus, who's this massive sort of beast of a man. You can see him there, voiced by J.K. Simmons. Um, really beautiful 2D animation, something we don't see a lot of these days, and just a charming story. Rashida Jones is also in the voice cast. Joan Cusack, I'm like... More Joan Cusack always. Yeah. Um, this movie is is actually really special. I, I really, I really highly recommend this one. Okay, so so let me ask you something. Now mm. we're talking about a lot of holiday stuff. So so what I'm curious about is now is also the time, and maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. But now mm. is also the time where we normally have all these pushes towards these big, you know, uh, Oscar laden mm-hmm. movies. And you know, I mean, we're going to see from uh, Amazon they're doing a big push on. Have you seen Sound of Metal? I've seen Santa Metal, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic, uh, have you right? seen it? It's so, oh, yeah. it's so good. So uh, Riz Ahmed and Sound of Metal plays, <sighs> maybe you guys have spoken about it on the podcast? Well, we had the production designer, but go, go, go. Tell people because yeah, I want yeah, everyone to know. He plays a drummer in a sort of heavy metal band who has a developing hearing impairment and uh, actually loses, I believe, most of his hearing at a certain early point of the film and then has to sort of adjust to life uh, where music and noise was really integral to who he was uh, and his relationship because he's, his girlfriend is also in the band. Um, and it's sort of his re-entrance into society, but also accepting that he has an impairment, right? And it's this really beautiful performance from Riz. Um, yeah, and Olivia and, Cook. Oh, she's so good in it. She's so Ooh. good. And the, and the sound design in this this film is... That's going to win an Oscar for insane. sure. Have you ever heard anything like this? It was like you're going deaf yourself. I, I actually felt finally what it might be like to go through that, and it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, no, it's it does. It really places you in it, it places you in the in the mindset of what I assume it is like to to lose hearing. It's just... Assume. It, it, yeah, it, drops, out, it drops in, and there's... There, I think in terms of like creative use of sound or just sound that becomes a real character in the film, I think it's probably the first time since the first saw A Quiet Place where I was so wowed, wowed by sound design in a very obvious and showy way in some ways, but just a, a really, really great way. Chris Nolan, um, take note. Chris Nolan. Hey, you sound crazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. um, Wait, go on. Uh, I mean, I love Chris Nolan movies. Um, Me too, and, but not the last one. You saw Tenet, right? I haven't seen Tenet okay. because I'm in New York. You can't hear it. Oh. You wouldn't be able to hear it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we have opinions on Tenet. Yes, we do. <laughs> big ones. Um, big ones. Um, but if you're thinking of like the big Oscar and awards plays, yeah. um, we got a trailer today for One Night in Miami, which is the uh, uh, directorial debut of Regina King. Um, who was just having the most remarkable run of things, like going from Watchmen to um, to, to this particular movie. It's, it's an adaptation of a play where it sees um, Malcolm X, 
Cassius Clay, Sam Cooke, and another character spending one night in Jim Miami. Brown. Yeah, I noticed. You can tell I lost the football. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, I just read it off the screen, man. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and they gather for one. They're friends and sort of acquaintances, and they gather for a night in Miami following um, one of Clay's fights and have a real sort of. It ends up being a real interesting discussion about. Um, the nature of protest and advocacy and very relevant, obviously, for this year. But Regina King just directs them out of this. And it's so beautiful. And Leslie Odom Jr. and Aldous um, Hodge, uh, it's it's full of incredible performances. This is definitely something that's going to uh, shake up awards season. It's coming to Prime Video. Um, The other one on Netflix is just all over awards season this year, and Mm -hmm. they've got some movies coming. Uh, Mank, which is the story of the uh, screenwriter of Citizen Kane with Gary Oldman, directed by David Fincher, who's off running his mouth, making all sorts of (laughs) interesting discussion points this week. Um, Beautiful black and white. Uh, Have not seen it, but it's already certified fresh in the tomato meter based on early reviews. What is it on tomatoes? It's, it's, I think it's 91%, but it's definitely certified fresh, which means it's hit a threshold. Oh, okay, it's good. Because I've been hearing boring and I can't wait to see it. I think what I'm reading from the reviews is that if you're a film nerd and I'm gathering we are on this yeah, podcast, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot out of this. And Amanda Seyfried actually is meant to be one of the standout performances in this. I love her. As, as good. And she's a witch. I feel as though she's always puts in the work. She always gives a great performance and she just hasn't had that role um, that's really sort of made her uh, an award nominee or an, or an actor's actor kind of thing. And I think this might be, this might be it. Um, that's the other good. film. Good, yeah. Because yeah, it's that's well-deserved. <laughs> I mean, I, I think she should have won something for Mean Girls personally, but. I, I mean, listen, I, I think she should, like, there's a, uh, did you see the Linda Lovelace thing? This, this, uh, it's 110% that she gives every single time. Big love. I mean, everything uh, this, this actor does is fantastic to me. We could talk, we could talk for hours. Yeah, we could. Big love. Um, oh, love, big love. I'm obsessed. The other one to look out for is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, which <laughs> is Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman's last performance. And it's a Netflix um, oh. film about, I believe, uh, produce, uh, performer Ma Rainey played by Viola Davis, but it's, uh, it's, it's Chadwick Boseman. Um, he, he's meant to just give this incredible performance. And I think from what I'm hearing, he's an early front runner. He won already. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a moment? It would, um, it would be, and it will be. He already won. Second you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. It's yeah. over. And it's, it's supposed to live up to, um, from what I've heard, it's, uh, it's supposed to be very, very good. This already got the chicken skin from it. I'm already like goosebumped all over. Yeah. And then, uh, the other one to look out for that has a very high score. It's hundred percent so far. Um, we'll be coming to Disney plus is soul, which is Pixar's latest. hundred um, percent. You just said it's, it's currently hundred percent. I, I believe. So, you know, obviously just so people understand the scores at Rotten Tomatoes do change as more reviews are added. So a movie like Soul will have a premiere at a festival, for example, as I believe it did at the London Film Festival, which might have been virtual a few months ago. And so the first batch of reviews came through. So you've got, I believe, the 20 to 30 range. Someone could obviously look at a website called Rotten Tomatoes and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but you can you can look that up. So it's uh, you, for a movie like this, we'd expect by the end of it, there to be 200 plus reviews. So as more reviews come in, that that percentage score may change. Um, but it's currently at 100%. It is considered, the reviewers are saying that it is among Pixar's finest work. It's up to Pixar's level. Um, and yeah, I think if you're watching the trailer now, you can see that it's a very high concept uh, Pixar movie about a man who falls down a manhole and then his soul goes up to wherever it goes and uh, there's a world. 
think kind of inside out. And interestingly, it's directed by Pete Doctor, who actually made uh, Inside Out. So if, I, I'm expecting feels. <laughs> yeah, I already have feels watching this trailer. I mean, first thing I got is like, isn't it the Kubert game? Are <laughs> 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 they jumping up the stairs there? And then I'm like, all right, so then I'm nostalgic already. And now this, forget it. I can't wait. I mean, when is this, this is December? It's it's Christmas Day and it's going oh. to be plus. Um, it's interesting. It's a big move because they were, they kept shifting the release date. Obviously, the release dates were being shifted this year. Um, but Disney kept on shifting the release date for this one and eventually settled that they're going to go straight to streaming. I believe it's going to be a Mulan situation for those who remember uh, the Mulan situation. We had to pay a little extra mm-hmm. um, to be among the first to see it. Uh, but this one, it would be hard to imagine this is not a front runner right now for at least best uh, animated film at the Oscars. The Oscars, which are being held quite late next year, April 25th, I believe. That is late, yeah. Yeah, they've really pushed it back. So just for people's... Uh, edification, I guess. The, uh, well, the, they're hoping, right? They're hoping, right? Yeah. So they push back the, there's a release date requirements for the Oscars. You have to have had your film out usually before the end of the year that it would be the Oscars for. Uh, they've pushed that to, I believe, the end of February now. So there's a two-month window where you can still release films. Um, and from my understanding as well, direct-to-streaming uh, films will be uh, considered to, for the Oscars this year uh, in a way that they haven't been in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're going to start seeing that rule change a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a really, it's a really interesting and different world, right? When you're looking at um, films of the caliber that we just discussed yeah. that are going to be seen by very few people, if any, in theaters, because often they will have small qualifying runs where they can. Right. Um, but the vast majority of people are going to see these movies first time in the comfort or trappedness so yeah it's a very different oscar season but i think for entertainment fans it's a really exciting time because you're getting you know we just discussed the number of holidays uh themed content but also um you know the caliber of films we're seeing the scores that we're seeing on these films is is crazy and it's going to be delivered right to your home and at the same time you have these prestige series like the crown i mean the Queen's do you like the crown have, have you seen it the new season oh yeah oh yeah i was three months ago i got a, i was lucky enough to have an early access that i couldn't say anything but i was like every everyone in my private life i was like you need to watch this this I, I feel like this season, though, is the, you know, ultimate. Like, it, they, you know, Peter Morgan really was, he started with The Queen, and then mm-hmm. he went back, like, prequel, and then he, you know, he ends with where he began, you know, basically the death right. of Diana. Right, and we're going to, it makes me wonder what they're going to do with, what I'm really, so yes, I think this season, for me, was the strongest season. I think a lot of people felt that season three had, had, had dropped the ball a little bit as far as the crowd could drop the ball. I didn't think so necessarily. I, I didn't either, but I know what they're saying. I just mm. feel like, you know, it's like everyone else's prom night, you know, is like, that <laughs> could be their worst day, and that's everyone else's prom night. It's still the crowd. Right. I should mention, speaking of prom night, though, yeah. we're going to talk about it. Yeah, that's- Ad- adaptation of the musical prom night is also coming to Netflix and could be an awards contender. It's a uh, I forget the exact release dates so of someone, um, keep me honest, but it's in December. It's directed by Ryan Murphy. It's starring, uh, so just for those who don't know, The Prom Night is a very successful current, uh, recent musical from Broadway, which I've seen, and it's absolutely amazing. The music in this musical is, is great. You think Prom Night is going to be a silly light musical, and in some ways it is, but it actually has some depth, and the songs are really strong, um, about a young woman in a small town uh, wanting to date, wanting to take her, her lesbian girlfriend to prom, and then there's a controversy, and then these fabulous Broadway types feel it's their mission to fly in, to fly over the country and save the day. And they're just ridiculous. 
Um, <laughs> the movie has uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, James Corden, Meryl Streep, um, Andrew Rennells, um, and and many others that I'm forgetting right now who are who are fantastic. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's 2020 so Chicago. Prom Night is a horror movie. Oh, um, where everybody prom. gets murdered. Sorry, the murdered. <laughs> the prom is what you're talking about. I just want to make sure because I was looking it up. I was like, this seems slightly different because I was like, okay. they're making. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like, ah, oh, that'd be awesome. A Broadway version of the prom prom night, which is one of my favorite dumb '80s slasher movies. Oh, I love. But I found it. We're good. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis prom night. I'm, I'm all about it. And the dance, the the strange dance sequences in prom night, like just just for no reason. Well, I guess it's a prom, but it was sort of. Just, I can't wait. Now I uh, want to see no, that too. The prom. The prom. <laughs> Forgive me, forgive me. No, no, no. But by the way, like I said, this is like 2020 Chicago. We're going to see awards on this for sure. I mean, you know, I think Ryan Murphy, excuse me, he's, you know, depending on how you feel about his TV output can be hit and miss. But when he hits, oh my goodness, does he hit. And this sort of aesthetic style with this music, because I know the show, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's, it's going to be hard to not be great, I think. I think so, too. So I know we're, we have to wind down real soon, but I wanted to ask you, because I know that Rotten Tomatoes is doing... Now, now you guys started in your foray into original content. Am I correct about this? So not in terms of, uh, you know, producing our own The Prom or anything mm-hmm. like that. Right. But we're doing, you know, we're doing a lot of original contents, and we we, we have been do, doing that for years, but uh, for the last three years, we've really upped our, our ante. We do, we've always done listicles and articles and things, but we've released a podcast recently, um, and it's called Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, a, a podcast from Rotten Tomatoes. We hear you people. We know <laughs> we know how you talk about us. Um, and so every every week, the wonderful host, Jacqueline Coley, who, who as I mentioned, is My favorite. phenomenal. Uh, Mark Ellis, a great comedian. They're our co-hosts, and we have a guest on every week. And they go into a film where the score is something that people have told us that the tomato meter is completely wrong about. So um, last week we did uh, Ace Ventura and Ace Ventura 2, both rotten according to the tomato meter and fresh in a lot of people's hearts. Uh, we've looked at Venom. We've looked at movies that people think are too fresh, like uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is certified fresh, and a lot of fans uh, do not agree with that. Um, well, and- just for our people mm. who don't know, expl- certified fresh means exactly. Oh, sure. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, <laughs> a score from Rotten Tomatoes is basically the tomato meter score is the percentage of critics that gave the movie a thumbs up. In our parlance, that's fresh, right? A positive review. So if something has 70%, that means 70% of the critics' reviews that are in the tomato meter system, in the tomato, Rotten Tomatoes page are positive. Um, certified fresh is when something is above 75% and has achieved a minimum number of reviews. So if you're 75% and there's 12 reviews, you're not going to be certified fresh. If you're a wide release movie, you need to be above 80 reviews and 75% to be uh, certified fresh. And then we have different tiering for TV series um, and limited release movies as well. So that's what it means. It's kind of like the good housekeeping uh, seal of approval. It means that it's just that little bit even more sure that you're probably going to like it or you're not. And then we'll have a podcast about it. Um, but we also, we've also launched a channel on, uh, we've got a TV, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes channel on Peacock, um, where you can see a lot of the uh, some originals, sort of listicle shows, fun countdowns, debate shows. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Rotten Tomatoes. You're going to get a lot of really great interviews, a lot of great, um, you know, we, we, we always say that the score is really just the start of the conversation. Um, 
because it's it's kind of a discussion point, right? You, right. you may see some of the films that I've highly recommended to you today and told you they're 100% and call me oh, back. You're coming back. Yeah, you're coming back, by the way, once I watch everything. We're going to have a whole talk, Joel. I disagreed with the tomato meter on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but I also think people equally look at the audience score. Different different people will look at the audience score as well. The audience score being uh, the ratings that gener- that's generated when users go in and, and, and rate their films. So if you say something that's 90% audience score, it means that 90% of users who have left a rating there um, uh, liked it. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Jason? Oh, Jason no, is I, here. I'm, I'm just here to say thank you so much for being here. We, yeah, I Joel. mean, one other thing to know is there's a holiday movie guide. I put the link in the um, link in the bio. So if you want to go onto Rotten Tomatoes, there's an editorial.rottentomatoes.com holiday movie guide 2020. Um, you can they have everything from uh, 20 movies they love to Christmas horror, which is actually what honestly, what sincerely, what me and my daughter watch. Uh, there's oh, a there's a Christmas uh, anthology uh, that's really bad that's on Netflix. That like one of them's like a Krampus story, and one of them's like a haunted snowman, and one of them's like a ghost. I love. Did you like Krampus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really it. like Krampus. Um, and his previous film, he did Trick or Treat, right? Um, which I watch every Halloween. Uh, and I think you know, I, I watch Black Christmas. Uh, it's it's, it's oh, my yeah. slasher movie. I mean, <laughs> I'm obsessed. You like that movie, Black Christmas? Yeah. I liked. I liked the. I like both the original uh, and the most recent remake, which I know was divisive. But I think. Um, I think what April Wolf and the writer Sophia Takal were doing was really, really. Ball, uh, for lack of a, the wrong word in this context and for this film, and ballsy. Um, so, um, well, it's already progress because, uh, you know, po- pre-Me uh, Too or pre-Hollywood 2019, two dudes would have made that movie. Right. And yeah. April, I don't know if you've ever had her on the podcast, but you should. She's very like smart. To. She knows her horror. Um, she's got a great podcast that she can plug. Um, See? <laughs> well, this has been great, Joel. I, I can't thank you enough. Please come back, will you? I, I'm just oh. like Jacqueline. Please. Invite me, please. That, You're just already invited. So we're going to make I mean, this happen. You need somebody to talk big love with because I'm not doing yes. it again. Yeah, no, I was Mormon no. for way too long to have to talk that shit anymore. Those, those braids, man. Those <laughs> braids. And uh, Chloe Savini and oh, Gene Triplehorn. Anytime I come up with anything with Gene Triplehorn, I'm happy. Even, Mickey and Blue Chloe Lines. Savini. Uh, yeah. Savini uh, uh, anything. Anything. Uh, anything. I'm in. Right. I, mean, I, I like to think Gene Triplehorn's good in Basic Instinct. I'm, I'm all about <laughs> Me too. It. <laughs> And on that note, um, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the editor-in-chief of Rotten Tomatoes, Joel Mears. Thank, Thank you, you so Joel. much, Joel. Thank you guys for having me. Much appreciated. Thank you, Joel. That was awesome. So I just wanted to say tomato more. Tomato. Yeah. I love tomato. it. I, I mean, he's so great. We need a, We actually need a Joel on this show because he actually remembers yes. all the names of all the people he's in all the, the movies. Best. And remembers all the movies, stuff we can't do. So yeah, uh, no, I that, think that guy is fantastic. You're so right, he's Jason. He's all great. Just, um, Thank you. He was so awesome. Real quick, what I was going to say is we we're talking about what you're doing, um, sitting in the comfort of your own home, watching all these movies, and you should be. But it's but really the question is, what are you going to be sitting in to make so you think that comfortable? Well, it's holiday time, right? So you got to, first of all, I want to sit wherever I'm sitting. I have to be comfortable because I'm spending a lot of time now online getting gifts, whether it's eBay. Here, and you know where I'm going is MeUndies because it's easy. It's easy. It's really easy and it's not provocative and I don't care about size. I can get memberships for people and just sit back and not have to worry. It's like, there you go. And then I can hibernate for the rest of the winter until uh, the clocks get set forward again. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can say, <laughs> well, if you, I want to tell you something. 
Tell me um, something. We've been talking about this for a little while, mm-hmm. and I keep seeing this, and I'm going to find it. All- Here, hold on. Jason's finding something, and he, he's going to ask me about something to do with. See how well, I, now it's still taking. Yeah, I want to just show you what this is. Ooh, see this? Oh. See what this is? What is that? So we, I'm seeing a green and red. It's so Christmassy, and it's almost like, oh, it's for the dog. I can buy stuff for my dogs. Can I buy stuff for my cats? Oh, cats! Come on, you oh, crazy cat. monster. Period. No, no plural. I will yeah. never have two cats. I mean, this is the most adorable thing. That's like a big chihuahua with like a red plaid. It looks like a roll of scotch tape. This is the best. Oh my God. I want this. This The one I want. That one. Yeah. The green and like, it's like a Christmas tree. Basically. It looks like, it looks like your dog is wrapped. Oh my goodness. So not only are they doing soft for you, they're doing soft for your, your significant other. They're doing soft in the form of hoodies and onesies and PJs and Everything they also are, they're making your dog soft. My dog, where you know, we live in California, it's not cool or cold very often or that much. We, we, it's it's kind of a reference, you know, depending on your, you know, depending on what cold is at a certain point when you're used to everything being warm. Uh, but my dog has become a real indoor, weak sauce dog, couldn't handle the elements anymore, (laughs) you know, like put her outside right now. She'd be like, Oh, it's 65 outside, I'm so cold. Um, the other day, she um, she came into my room jumped on my bed and crawled underneath the my blankets, but didn't stop there. <laughs> then rolled around until she was wrapped like a dog burrito, like on her own and refused to leave. It wasn't that she trapped herself. It wasn't that she accidentally got under the blankets because she was trying to do on herself. She purposefully rolled herself into a, a piece of California roll dog style in the blanket. So I had no blanket at that point and uh, warmed up. <laughs> and I, I had to, I had to toss and turn and try, and you're not messing. You're not stealing it from a, 60 pound bulldog. Nope. So uh, I ended up having to be cold on it. And I, next, next time I'm just going to tell Scarlett to put her dog hoodie on. <laughs> oh, Scarlett. By the way, there's hoodies on these things. Jason's not kidding. When he's telling you, if you're not watching and you're only listening to us, you're not going to believe that there are l- actual hoodies for your dog. Your dog is now a gangster. Yep. And there's little pockets on the back side of it. Cause they're back. Be- Cause it's not on their belly. Cause that wouldn't make any sense. Cause they wouldn't be able to use them. So yeah. Yeah. You could actually put little things in their pockets, little do- dog bags, whatever. It's amazing. It's like this sells itself now. Like I don't have to do anything anymore. Like stuff for your dog, me undies, micromodal, the softest thing ever gifted, gifted for other people's dogs. You don't have to worry if it fits. Yeah, yeah. And if you, and you know what, Get, you know, you, you know, you know, that person, you know, that person, I was that person. Yeah. Uh, okay. My wife's become that person now. You know that person who's like, oh, their dog is their baby. And like, they're like, I got to get home from a dog. And you're right. like, oh, yeah, that's not a real kid. And it's like, yes, it is. And yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't put get your kid in the kennel. Get, you know, get up, find a, found a, get that uh, gingham or, or black and white uh, hoodie for, for the dog. Get, uh, get them, uh, give them a hoodie that matches. Uh, by the way, I'm all over this. All right. So meundies.com, offer code stuck. You get free delivery, right? Free shipping and 15% off. Right on. Do Order code stuck. Come on. Order Come on. stuff. Come on. All right. All right. Ready, ready for some news? Bills paid. Yeah, totally. This is a good right. day already. I like this. All right. So today they officially announced the name of the new Scream movie. Did you know that? Um, no. <laughs> Want to make any guesses what they called this one? Uh, too Fast, Too Furious? Well, is it? Is it um, Don't Scream? It is. Bum, 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 bum. Scream. The new movie is called Scream. <laughs> Wait, did they actually make an announcement about that? Yep. 
That's not nice. <laughs> what, what, we didn't think it was called anything different. No, exactly. The, it's officially a, it's a continuation. It's going to, we know, we, we know that Nev Campbell, Dave Arquette and, uh, and Courtney, Courtney Cox are going to be back. Um, so everybody from the old one plus Scream 4's Marley Shelton, um, which I, I believe was. I love Marley Shelton. I, think she's I don't fantastic. remember. I don't really remember Scream Four so much as the the twist was really stupid. Um, no, we loved it. We did. Yeah, it's it's David. It's cool. Oh, I know. I love them. I love David, but the twist. <laughs> I just said the twist was bad. Everything they do is great. All right, fine. It was great. <laughs> no, it was great. No, no, no. I, I guess it was a weird twist. It was a weaker twist. It was a weaker twist. Yeah, for sure. But this is sense. gonna be different. This is the guys who did hide and seek. Is that it? Or yeah. oh yeah, they did hide and seek. I'm very excited for this movie. I'm very excited to have everybody back. New blood. Um, and it's like when uh, when Creed got redone. It's just this new blood. It's a new way of looking at something that they grew up with, yep. you know. And that's really where you get these ideas where you're like, "Holy crap, that's on its ear." Yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. The um, title is the, not, but this title isn't that big a deal. But that's no. it. it. I can't believe that's news. That, that made it in the news. It's all over the place today. That's fantastic. Good. Yep. It means they're getting a lot of uh, love for the movie. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. All right. What do you got next? Um, Zack Snyder released a second cut of, uh, Justice League. Um, it's released? No, just the second cut of the, uh, oh, sorry, of the trailer. Oh, okay. Okay, so the <laughs> movie... Like that seems not right. The movie, for anybody who doesn't know, is being remade by Zack Snyder. It is now a four-part, uh, it'll be a four-part movie on HBO Max in four chapters, like a TV show, an hour long each, so it's going to be a four-hour Justice League movie. They are filming approximately four additional minutes of unsaid that haven't been recorded yet. So we're getting four new minutes that have never been seen by anybody, but over 150 of minutes of stuff that's uh, that was on the cutting room floor. So there's about two hours of this movie that has never been seen before from that. Plus, none of the scenes that Joss Whedon did are going to be in the film. So you're going to see fairly, you're going to see B, you know, uh, second cuts of maybe of, of scenes that you've seen before, but it's going to be completely new. Um, they're putting in, um, the Joker from, uh, uh Jared Leto's Joker is going to be, um, have a cameo in this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on with that movie. Um, but they, they, they keep trying to, they're really pushing this thing to be something. Um, I have a feeling that, uh, mm-hmm. that they want this to be successful because I think that they're going to try and make, a uh, they're, st- they're going to try and reboot the, uh, the, MC- the, the DC universe maybe on HBO max. Okay. I mean, you want to know what I think about this? What? Or is that, no, well, that's what I, uh, no, I'm not going to do it that, that blatantly. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask you a question about right. this. Do you think, because wait, before I ask my question, the first thing I'm going to say is unequivocally to me, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. No one else harbors or holds this opinion. They are the only mine. Joss Whedon sucks. Okay. First of all, no one's named Joss. We've gone through this. What happened? Your mom forgot the H and we've been paying for it ever since? Because the pretense on everything this guy does, I don't care if it's, he did Veronica Mars, I think. It's like, dude, give me a break. No, he didn't do Veronica Mars. Okay, you sure? I don't think so. Okay, we're not uh, doing the look it up thing, but he's done, he's never done anything I liked. He did Buffy. Buffy. Yeah, he did Buffy. Buffy, The Okay, I'm not even going to get into it. So the fact that he made a bomb to me, he's completely out of touch with anything anyone wants. Now, Here's my question to you. Do you think that Zack Snyder as a filmmaker has done anything in the world, any one of his movies in his body of work that warrants him being allowed to make a four-hour movie? 
I feel like all his movies are four hours long. Well, no, they just feel like they're four hours. <laughs> no, I mean, well, have you ever, you know... Not 300. A, 300 was quick. 300 was quick. Um, and so was uh, Day of the Dead. but Or Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Vanessa Hudgens one, and then there's the, you know, on and on. But I'm saying, oh, yeah, no, he's not Scorsese. Like, dude, watch, chill out. Watchmen, if you you can watch the ultimate director's cut, there's like five cuts of that movie. It's like four hours long. Yeah, uh, I want no part of that. I like no, the opening. I don't either. I, 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 you know what's funny about this is I didn't like any of any. Well, and, and I'm going to speak specifically to Snyder's DC stuff because okay. I know that there's different things. Nobody seems to, critically, you know, Man of Steel, nobody liked. Uh, right. Bat, Batman v Superman v... Uh, the Board of Education, nobody liked. Um, you know, but this is you're absolutely correct. Nobody Isn't liked any of these movies, and 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 it's funny because Joss Whedon really ruined a movie, but that was already probably pretty bad if they wanted right. to pull him into it. Yes, that's thank you, Jason. That's what I'm saying. Like Joss Whedon, you know, like listen, it would have already been a crap movie. Joss yeah. Whedon just came on board and he's like, oh, I'm already going to make this more crap. Yeah, like, lighten, lighten the crap. Yeah, it's like crap light. You but know. I will say this, these little pieces are, have me interested in seeing what it is, right? And that's scary because I know that it's going to be bad, but like, oh, they're doing this and, oh, we're going to get more background into this. Not that I give a shit, but for some reason I'm starting to give a shit and I don't. Me know. too. You're right, Jason. No, me too. And I hate this stuff. I really do. I mean, the only person I want to watch is Scarlett Joe yeah. and Scarlet do Joe. Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're crazy. How do you... Yeah. you Ghost World we're not 2, getting maybe. Into Scarlet Joe. We're not yeah. getting into Scarlet. You didn't like her, though. You didn't like her. I thought Ghost World was well within her capabilities. And Ghost World's fantastic. Yeah. Ghost World is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, you know, listen, I don't want to see Marriage Story. Oh, But yeah. that's only because Adam Driver's in it. Oh, he's I, awesome. I love Adam Driver. See, see this is where we part ways. You see, I'm Scarlet Joe. You're Adam Driver. When they got divorced, I take Scarlet in the I, divorce. Did uh, they get divorced no. at that movie? Oh. All day. I think so. I think that that's the whole... The no whole one movie saw movie. that movie. Everybody, yeah. Everybody just said they did. Um, so I, I have some better news for you. Some Tell more me. exciting news. We've Tell talked me. about this series. So I don't know if you know this, uh, but uh, the HBO Max's new show, Flight Attendant, which we huh. did a little preview for, was Kelly, Kelly Cuoco. Cuoco. Yeah. Cacao. Cacao. Is it cacao? Cacao. Cuoco. But it was Cuoco. Cuoco. It's, it's Cuoco, but I Is like... It? Cacao. Cuoco. Cuoco. It's not cacao. It's not chocolate. The, her, the first episode of The Flight Attendant is actually available for free right now on the website a week before its official premiere next week. Oh, okay. And then are they dropping the whole thing probably next week for all? Yeah, they're like, probably going to drop the whole thing next week, mm-hmm. but they are uh, given a little series premiere preview that they haven't really announced and they've kind of kept behind. So if you want to watch and check out the very first episode of The Flight Attendant, which looks really fun, um, check it out there. That's, that's actually really cool. I mean, I'm not going to only because I want to watch all eight or 10 episodes in a row. Right. Right. But uh, I'm very interested. Is this a limited series or is it an actual series? Do we know? I don't. I, I, we'll I, 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 I want to find a, that out. Not now. The, the thing that I'm going to start thinking mostly now, especially with um, uh, Netflix's kind of three, three and out season type right. projects, mm-hmm. I think of everything from now on as a limited series or at least, a, you know, a two to three season arc max. I think that that's going to be the way a lot of stuff goes. I don't think that we're going to see these big, you know, six, eight season shows anymore unless they're sitcoms or variety shows i absolutely agree with you you know the other the only reason we ever saw the longer the five seasons was because it was based on a network model and it was based on a hundred episodes going into syndication that's what you needed to go into syndication first of all i don't even know what syndication is now it doesn't exist so it's not even a part of the game really 
You know, it's not, you're not selling these shows like you're seeing with friends. Or, I mean, you could. I mean, Netflix technically, Netflix, Netflix technically could sell their series and have them on other networks, but they're not going to. And they've reconfigured uh, the entire business model. They're paying you all this money up front because you're not getting any residuals. You're getting a one lump payment and they keep it in there, airing the crap out of it the rest of their lives. So, so why keep the five season thing? I mean, it seems like with the crown to me, and I believe this is the final season though. I, I don't know. Um, but it feels like the final season and it's like, just, that's it. We're done. I mean, but you could warrant the crown because it's still going on. You know, we could have the kids, we could, you know, we could grow it up past when die passed on. Absolutely. I mean, certain shows lend themselves and certain shows have obviously seen, uh, seasons and series, you know, uh, Orange is the New Black went almost, I think, seven seasons. Uh, House of yes. Cards went way longer than it needed to. Um, Only reason House of Cards ended is because, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that exactly. Guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Um, Wait, but, but it, guy. you know, there are there are shows and there are, you know, there, there are shows that I hate to let go of after one or two seasons. And there are shows that I'm very grateful that, you know, I'm grateful for the one season of Watchmen I think we're going to get. Um, and I think that you can save a show by keeping it smaller like that. I think that that's true. That's why I don't want another season of Lovecraft Country. I want more. I want more shows from that showrunner. Um, but I don't want to ruin that show by forcing seasons on itself. And, and that's um, official, right? We're not getting another. Well, I, I, season I, I, there, there, it's still open. I don't mean to. to no, say I, that I don't know. But. Uh, but it, but it, that's this, that's just kind of how I feel about those types of things. Like, look, I, I agree with you, and I think we've talked about this even more, Jason, in in the micro, which is we find the same exact thing in the amount of episodes they're doing a season. Like they're doing ten, and it could be seven. Like uh, Queen's Gambit did it perfect with seven. Wayne did it perfect with six. You know, you're just not giving this way. You're not having the dancing around the the house uh, eight minute thing. You know, it's like because we've got to fill time. Right. Well, you're not having the, we're going to just go on this weird one-off side mission that doesn't really matter to anything or the, the forced bottle episode because you ran out of budget and you still have three more episodes you need to get through before, you know, to fulfill your contracts. Um, <laughs> those are, I mean, and, and the truth about that stuff is one, sometimes it makes sense and sometimes the show is better for it. But a lot of times that is, you know, little inside Hollywood for everybody, but that's, that's all part of some negotiation by agents to make that maximize the amount of money, a director or a, an actor or somebody is getting um, based on the number of episodes. Yep. And all so shows it, produced means you get paid every show. So you add a show, it's more money. You know, it's the same thing with script fees. If I'm an EP and a showrunner or I'm an EP and a creator, I want to write as many scripts as I can. Cause if it's not built into my deal, you know, uh, then I'm getting extra money for the scripts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. And why not maximize just the greatness of what this is, allow people to not be stuck in these long-term deals so that they can do these for three seasons, but also know that they can work on other stuff. And, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I agree. And I think that's what Scott Frank kind of adjusted and did so well with the Queen's Gambit. Yep, you absolutely. Know? And with seven episodes and it was perfect. I'm like, just don't give me an eight and don't give me 10. <laughs> Because like, I don't want to watch that for 10. I feel like it takes away. All right. Well, I'm just talking in a circle now. All right. All right. I got one last piece one of news. One last piece. And we can go do a little bit of something else. But Quentin Tarantino, Ooh, you've heard favorite. of this man. It's, he's, a, he's a plucky young writer out of uh, Southern California. Some say he might be the next yeah, Paul Quentin Tarantino. Anderson. Yeah. All right, go on. Um, he is uh, writing a novelization of 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, to kind of go against like the older 70s style like novelizations of TV shows or of movies. So he's writing his own version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's going to cover before and after the movie. It's not going to just be the story from the, the, the film, but he is putting together his own, his first novel. And that's what it's going to be. First of all, that's awesome. Second of all, now he's going to force a bunch of millennials to read. They have to read now. <laughs> He should not allow it to be put out on book on tape because everyone should have to read. That's, that's, that, I can't wait for this. Are you kidding me? Well, well, here's the deal. And here's the truth. Unless he had Sam Jackson read it, which he's not, and Sam's not in that movie or, or one of the, the actors, he's going to want to read it himself. And you do not want to hear Quentin Tarantino read an entire book to you. It will drive your ears fucking wildly. Now I kind of do. Oh man, if you can make it all the way through that book, you deserve like uh, uh, a Willy Wonka style prize where he gives you his entire empire. Yeah. Nope. He's <laughs> not going to get into it. So this book, uh, like all I can say Tarantino, that I'm not in the business. Whatever. Yeah, no, listen, like, no, I wasn't going to. Listen, I'm. I, I love I like the guy. That. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear him talk for that long. No, no, no. Listen, I've had the luxury and the privilege of sitting down at a table with him, you know, for 20 something minutes, uh, twice, like twice. And it wasn't enough. I was like, <laughs> when I walked away, I was like, I should have asked for his number. Yeah. I was like, I should, yeah. I just want to be his buddy. Yeah, no, it's, it'd probably, it'd be fun to be his buddy. Not, I, I, I'm talking more about Quentin Turner, the actor. Just reading you a book. The actor. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to read this for you. No, but by I the way. All the voices. And I don't need him to say the N-word 22 times. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Definitely not. Is it in classic, though, uh, Tarantino form that there is no release date? We don't know when it's coming out? Uh, we don't know any of that stuff. We just know that this is print proudly announced by Mr. Uh, Mr. Tarantino and it'll be on Harper Collins. Um, and we're going to, it's going to definitely kind of harken back to the 70s style uh, movie novelization. Yeah, I read a lot of those. Yep, me too. Yeah, I mean, it was great. They just have some guy come in and like, oh, what's the movie? All right, I'll write a novel about it. Now you can read about the movie you loved. I remember before I could get to, um, the, these are dumber, you know, because these were a little bit later when I was a kid, but, you know, 1989's Batman, I was 12 years old and we couldn't get to it because I was, you know, staying with family or something. But I read the novelization of Batman. The, the Tim Burton's Batman before I ever saw it. And oh, really? It actually ruined the movie for me because the book was better. Like, there was more story and more movement to it. And, like, then I watched the movie. I was very disappointed. I was like, this acting is horrible. And it, like, but it was. I read the you know novel. Karate Kid 3. What? Oh, no. <laughs> that also happened. Much better than novelization. Uh, Escape from New York. Oh, that's <laughs> Escape from New York. The novelization I mean, I really is really good. Cool of that and have a lot of really fun with good. That. It's really good. Are they going to remake that any second, by the way? Oh, yeah. Mark my words, Escape from New York will be remade any moment. Yep. And it, it, it'll be made just like, um, it'll be a, it'll be like a, a conservative think piece and it'll all like reference COVID and it'll, it'll be released by, um, uh, you know, Donald Trump Entertainment. DTE. George Orwell presents. Yeah. yeah. And Kurt Russell will play like the older guy now yep. in it, who's like the warden or something. You know, there is, there's a place for that movie in, um, there's in a place for us. I just was thinking like a lot of John mm-hmm. Carpenter stuff. Um, oh, they live. Oh. Yeah. But I don't kind of like, it's so genius. I don't want to like, like Rowdy does the perfect job. Like Rowdy oh, Piper is the man. So I don't like, but I do think there's so many people who haven't had the luxury of seeing that movie in another oh. generations that I wish they would remake that. Okay. So wait, we only have a little time left. So before we go, Jason and I went over the weekend to, uh, to the theater to go see Freaky 
and now we can't talk about it until tomorrow. Yeah, until we'll, Friday. Do it, we'll, talk about all, we'll tell you all about our, our trip to the movies to see. I want to get freaky. And Jason freaky. made a whole playlist. Yeah, I made a freaky songs. playlist. We'll talk about our freaky songs. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the the, the latest, uh, King, you know, uh, Gangs of New York. We're going to talk about some no, of the other shows we London. watched this week. Uh, we'll talk about, we'll get into the crown a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about everything on Friday. So we're excited to have you. All right. So we'll see you on Friday. Until then, everybody stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Take care. Quarantine.